whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. So today we have the acclaimed professional organizer, Lisa Jacobs of Imagine It Done on the pod. So welcome, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Uh, Maybe we can just jump right in and um, you could tell us a little bit about how you got interested in organizing. It's such a particular niche. Um, How did you find your love for organizing spaces, cleaning things up, and just like getting the feng shui (laughs) on point? It's such an interesting question because everybody wants to know that. And it's when you ask the question, how did I discover organizing? It's interesting because it really was not a discovery. Organization was always in my blood. It was such a natural progression to take it professionally because I've been organizing since literally I am about five years old playing school with my sister. And I loved always the organization of supplies. I loved when I was in camp folding and I had no idea that I was actually organizing. I was doing something that just like was a natural thing. Nobody taught me how to do it. And I think I learned a little bit through um, learning from uh, just watching my dad, who is extremely organized and structured in his life. And a lot of times you learn by example, not by people actually teaching you or by both. But he actually never said this is the way to be organized. And it's interesting because the word organization was really not a household word. In the 19th, 50s and 60s. I mean, I'm going to be 65. So organization was really not even equated with anything in the home. It wasn't a profession. So what I was doing was something that just was coming naturally to me. And it became an epiphany that I wanted to take it professionally. When I realized that I was just doing it naturally, I moved my family so many times, and I would pack up and unpack. And my friends would always say like, oh my goodness, I cannot even believe your house is set up in a day. I never even thought about the pain of moving and assembling and putting things together and the experience that I got from setting things up and how beautiful the light came in in my home and I loved my closets. It was a natural thing. Fashion was very important to us, my sisters and I. So it was interesting because, again, it wasn't a discovery. It was an epiphany to take it professionally. And throughout my entire life, I've always been organized. It's just the way I've always been. Well, I love that because I I do think the best way to get organized for me is to just move. Just pick up and move. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way. But also, I was going to say, um, when Kit was little, she was about four or five or around that age that you're talking about. And um, I remember one night she was going to sleep and she's like, mommy, I don't know if I can sleep tonight. And I was like, why? She's like, cause we're going to clean out the toy box tomorrow. 
Like she was so excited to clean out the toy box. So (laughs) I definitely like, I relate to your story so much. And I think it is, it is like an innate thing. The drive to want to put everything in its place and like have some sort of like control over my environment and also just to feel like one when my space is organized and clean my head can be and I can have that freedom like create creatively and mentally so I just think that like that's where my love for organizing and cleanliness and that sort of thing comes from and I have had it since I was little like I remember wanting like being so excited to clean out the toy box or like my closet or whatever Um, and I think it's such a good skill to have like I mean I've used it throughout my schooling and like my college career and everything and I just feel like it's such a key element to success well, also, it's time-saving because you know exactly where things are. You know, you know, you're not like it's efficient. R- yeah, you're not uh, digging through boxes to find something that you need. Or mm-hmm. it's, it's time-saving and it's money-saving because if you know where everything is, you know how much you have. That's why right, organization right, right. is so important. From in any single space in your home, like even getting back to the toy box. How many toys do parents buy their children? And if it's all over the place, you don't see the quantity. The same thing with spices, the same thing with your jeans. Any, I mean, I could go on and on and on. That's so true. Hardware. When my husband does a project, he goes to the hardware store, he buys every single thing he needs. And I'm like, it's all in the basement, you know? Exactly. he just yeah I think yeah I would say that's actually I never thought about it this way but I think that having a place for everything makes you realize how grateful you are for those objects because they they each have their rightful place in your home and you're able to like value each thing individually rather than just like having a bunch of stuff and like not knowing exactly what you have and like things are everywhere. Um, yeah. So I never thought about it like that, but I, I love that concept. Yeah. And also think about how much time people waste, you know, uh, exactly what you said, Cynthia, like how many times people waste time looking for something, even as simple as your phone, your keys. If you come into your home yeah. and you put things in the same place every day, and you have collections of that stuff in one place. And it may not be a place that I might think that you should place it. It might be between you and I discussing it where we think it should go based on your lifestyle. So that's where a professional organizer will come in. I always say, it's not my way of the highway. Let's talk about it. You know, for example, I always use this example with jeans. Some people like their jeans only hung. That's it. I say that if you don't have hanging space, let's figure out a place where they could be folded. Oh, I never thought the jeans could be folded. That kind of a thing. And so, and then when we go to clean up somebody's closet, we don't only just look at the jeans. We look at the stuff that is all the way up on top that they haven't seen in years, underneath that they've thrown, in bags, in in parcels that they're going to return, in bins. It just, organization is just finding a place for everything that works for you. 
It's not about the way an Instagram photo um, claims it has to be. It's not because, in fact, in Instagram photos, you see perfection. And we're not about perfection. We are not about changing lives to make it complicated. We're about making small improvements to uncomplicate your life. You don't have to have perfection. Make improvements. It's all those little steps along the way that take you to a full feeling of organization. Everybody thinks, oh my goodness, I have to spend so much money. I have to do, I have to buy all these beautiful, you know, uh, accessories that we see on Instagram. It's baby steps. It's making improvements. Mm, I love that. Well, and I'm, I'm wondering about the correlation between organization and creativity, because it seems like they shouldn't go hand in hand. And I just wonder what your take on that is. Yeah, that's really a, a very good question because, in fact, we're constantly devising and discussing with my team creative ways to do things because it's not just, again, one way. And we're trying to help people work within their space and their systems and their lifestyle and their likes and their dislikes. So the creative aspect is super important because it's trying to sometimes fit a square into a round space. How do we do that? And that's my personality, by the way. It's like, I am never, never, never give up. I try to fit with everything in life. I try to make sure that it works no matter what. I don't give up. So sometimes you'll have a certain space that you have to place things in. And if you place something horizontally, it's not going to work. So you have to think of vertically, how are we going to do it? If you've got a certain depth in a certain space, what kind of, how creatively can you maximize that space? Do we need accessories to maximize? Well, what are the accessories on the market that we're going to use to maximize that space? So creativity is probably that and an amazing work ethic. That is two factors that I would say are the top most important factors. But what about, okay, I'm just thinking because I can't, when I go, when I'm in my studio, there's a certain amount of chaos. I, I can't start a project unless I'm organized. You know, I have to have it. The space has to be relatively tidy and organized or I can't, my head, I can't think through the problem. So that for sure. But then there's a certain amount of chaos that I think you know what I right. mean? Like you have to have the spontaneity, you know, it's like sometimes organization and the, and maintaining organization, I think can be stifling to a creative person. I guess that's what I'm saying. Oh, so like, oh okay. Yeah. Like how okay. much, how do you balance that like creative chaos with the need to be organized to save time and money? Well, I think that what you're referring to is your own personal feeling about that spontaneity that, that it's what you're saying is it's kind of sometimes stifling you because it's um, it's controlling you and it's oh, taking yeah. away from that creative edge of spontaneity. Yeah. But that's because organization is not something that is intrinsic to you. It's more of a chore. So you're so it's it's not something that is a natural 
thing for you. And a lot of our clients feel that way. And they feel that way until we create systems for them that are not deliberate. It becomes just systems and methods and setups and things that they don't have to think about. It's not a deliberate thing. It's almost like, you know, somebody that is not very fashionable. Well, like, how do they get fashionable if they've never really had a sense of fashion? So they, they surround themselves with people that help them to create a style for themselves so that they don't have to think about when you get up in the morning, like, what am I going to wear today? Like, oh, my God, I have no sense of style. I don't know how to do this. But somebody else helps them. A professional helps them and just analyzes who they are, the space that they're in to make their life easier so that there is no labor to having to think about being fashionable. So that's what happens with our clients. They come to us and they say, you know, I'm very clean, I'm very neat, but I don't understand the organizational process. So again, we don't set up systems to complicate people's lives. We set it up so that it becomes commonplace to them, that they do not have to think about it. And that's when the creativity that you need and the spontaneity that you need, it's just, it's there. It's, it's not lost at all. Mm. And the systems that, that make up an organizational home, an organizational space, are almost like the background. It's just, it's like brushing your teeth every day. You just become familiar with something that is a system and new. And it's just, it's education. And, and hopefully, you know, we, we make sure that we spend so much time in our clients' homes and with them in advance of setting up a project, we get to know them so well. And it's the same thing in fashion. You're not going to just place, you're not going to advise um, a client because you have the greatest um, item in your line to wear something if it doesn't look good on them. You're going to let them know that, like, you know what, we're going to work within your shape, within your size, within your lifestyle, and within your budget. We do the same thing with organizations. So it's not something that weighs on you. It's something that lightens you up. Well, I think systems are important. Having a system is important in so many parts of life. So not just physical systems, you know, for organization, but like, you know, the in a business, it's so important to set up systems. So like, I totally get it when you're like, you have to have a system. Once you have a system, it does streamline everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would love to kind of jump back into like your career path a little bit and how you made the leap to create organizing into a full-time business for you and also the life coaching side of things. What's that all about? Okay. All right. Well, my background is with, um, it started off in sales in Bloomingdale's. And I just want to like um, make a very important point that I think that being in, this, in, this, in the people, in, in an industry where there is an interaction with people. So being in the sales end of a business is super important because it gives you an understanding about listening to people and understanding that there's a whole world out there. And if you're going to be in a service business, especially, you have to understand people. So by starting off in sales, that was amazing for me. I think that the, the um, 
programs that unfortunately these fabulous retailers that are not going to be around for too many more decades, they had these programs where they trained you in sales. Even if you went into fashion or whatever you went into, it's a very good base. So that was my beginning. And it was also with fashion. It was with beauty products, which was fabulous because I got a love and adoration for the beauty of beauty product, products and had to merchandise and curate. And then I was in the advertising business in, in New York and in Paris. And that also gave me a tremendous understanding about um, curation and um, challenge. So these are things that did not have anything specific to do with organization. It had to do with how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a business person, how to be um, interested in people um, without even knowing that I was actually doing this. So this was my background. And then I was working in the model agency business as well. Again, people business. So what ended up happening as far as the life coach, after I realized that organization through all of my past experiences with my the work that I had, which took me to so many different places and I had to always be organized. Intrinsically, I was doing it so well. The life coaching came in because of basically living, loving life and being challenged. So I um, had a very lovely life and growing up and, and then the, the reality of life set in and there were challenges. And I, my father was very involved in helping people. Even though he was a businessman, he was a mentor as well. And I think that watching him do that inspired me because I saw the way he loved us and the way he loved other people. And that mentoring became like, again, it was like watching somebody do something, but he never really taught me. Although he used to give me inspirational cassettes by Wayne Dyer. He provided me with an interest that learning to listen to other people and try to help other people by listening to them, not by just telling them what to do, is very important. And again, I just took on that love of, of connecting with people. And how does it, how does it go and interact and align with organization? Because organization, again, is not static. It's not about just doing what we want to do because it looks good. It's about how it works for people. Once we get into a person's space, we're in that private space. And people are very private, more so now than ever before. So I tried to get to know the person. And one time somebody once said, and it was very funny, oh my God, an organizer catches me with my pants down. We're in their underwear drawer. We're in their night table drawers. We, there is like, you know, nothing that's off limits. What about, have you ever found anything crazy? Like you found like, you know, $10,000 in somebody's underwear drawer or something <laughs> like that? Well, we found drugs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, and we had, we we do find money, but it's not like such crazy money. But it's interesting because we find the money because people throw change in dollar bills all over the you know all over their home. They have no idea. I mean, we have found some interesting things, yes. Um, <laughs> but and and, it, it, and it's very funny because, it, it, as I said, like nothing is off limits, mm -hmm. and people feel very comfortable with me. Like sometimes I lose a lot of time because I just listen to their stories. But that's so much more important to me. And when 
because the fact that I get so close to them and I, I'm more, I'm so available to them. Mm -hmm. So it's the most amazing feeling. But it, again, life coaching, I think anything that you do well, it's not only about learning it from being educated formally. It's about having lived a life that gives you the opportunity to be the expert. I've lived a life organized. I've made a lot of mistakes. I have challenged myself. I have um, become a very people person only because I've not only learned methods and systems and the ins and the outs, but I've made mistakes and I've taken those mistakes and springboarded everything to another place to make myself better all the time. So I take an interest in people's lives, in people, on people's challenges, because I've had that. You know, I don't, I, I'm not like starting, I didn't start my business like being up on top of the world. I started my business humble and being down here, willing to take a lot of risk, a lot of chances, embrace opportunity, and know that like, it's not just about me. There's a lot, there's a big world out there. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting combination is life coach with organization. People that call themselves experts as professional organizers might be experts in the space of professional organization. But organization in the way we do it now involves people. We're a people motivated business. We're not merchandising just, a, you know, yeah. a shelf. I just think it's interesting because I do think that people uh, identify themselves so much with the objects that are in their home. So, mm -hmm. you know, I always say people's closets are like a scrapbook. And, you know, every time you take something out of the closet, you remember all the good times you had in it. And it's, you know, objects contain memories. But there's a point where you become a hoarder, I think, you know, I'm actually fascinated by hoarders. I kind of need to know more about that but give me I want to know like give me your best pitch for someone to you know let go of something it's so interesting because we've had so many hoarders and you know when we walk into their home they go oh please like like don't judge me that's the first thing that they say. And obviously our retort to that is, of course, we're not judging you. We're here to help you. Like we're here to make a life better for you. And then also don't forget that we don't solicit other, we don't solicit our clients. They come to us. So when they come to us, they're ready to make a change. So for instance, somebody that has difficulty in getting rid of stuff, which is most everybody, by the way, more, I mean, I shouldn't say that there are people that just at this point in life that go like, you know, I don't care. I throw this out. I throw this out. But most people, yes, have to deliberate. So it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about clothing, the good news here is that there's so many outlets to right. get rid of your things nowadays, more so than ever before. Mm -hmm. So people have hoarded in the past because they don't know. Number one, they don't have, um, they don't have the mindset to let go of things. They're comforted by it. Number one, because you do need help to make decisions. And number two, even if they did have the mindset, well, where does it go? And if they're going to get rid of stuff, it ends up in bags. And then the bags sit at the front door because they don't know where to call or who to call to get it picked up or where to deliver it to. So we, number one, have all the answers. 
where to take anything that you want to get rid of in your home or where to have it picked up from. So we have the donation centers and there is a psychology in helping people get rid of things. First of all, you know, I'm not a believer in if you haven't worn it in two years and you haven't seen it, get rid of it. I don't believe that. I believe that if you haven't worn it, take a look at it because you haven't worn it because you haven't seen it because it's been in the bottom of your closet perhaps. And maybe by revisiting it, you might love it again. So we go through with what the client looks like, what their lifestyle is. Do you really need this anymore? Why are you saving it? We have, we ask a lot of questions that promote the answers. So that is the life coaching part of it too, where we help people really to make choices to get rid of things. Uh, the biggest problem is not even so much clothes now. The biggest problem for people to part with is, like you said, the stuff. The stuff that are the objects. It's very hard when they have memories attached to it. But then the life coaching, go, uh, we, we start with the life coaching there because we talk about the space. What kind of space do you have? If you really want an organized space, then you have to think about selling giving it to your kids, putting it in storage. There's no space for this anymore. So again, there's always oh, I like questions. That. It's like give it to your kids and then you're done, right? <laughs> right. Well, see, and I mean, the truth is most often the kids don't want it. Exactly. But then again, then put it in storage. I mean, the last choice is to, the second to last choice is to donate it, which makes people feel very good because you're giving it to somebody else that's going to appreciate it. And the other thing um, that I always say is that have mental memories. And I can tell, the, tell you this firsthand because I've moved so many times and raising three kids that are now in their 20s and 30s and, le and, and cleaning up my mom's home after my dad passed away, thousands and thousands of papers and documents and photographs and DVRs. I mean, and I'm um, VCRs, tapes, and cassettes, all that stuff that piled up through the years. So there are places to get rid of it. When it comes to photos, there's something called digitizing. We have the answers to this. And then people don't have to actually give it up. They sometimes can put it on different platforms so that they can see it. So the digitizing is brilliant because all the photos from when you're you know, raising your kids, the thousands and thousands and thousands of photos, they can be digitized and you could actually look at them and will look at them. I say to people, you have had these photos in boxes you haven't seen. You're going to look, if you take pictures of them and then you digitize them, you're going to see them more often than you would if they were sitting in a box. And as far as the clothing, donate it, give it away. And the hardest part in getting rid of anything, if you have never had that mindset, is the beginning, is to make the change to doing it. Once you do something, the momentum grows and you go, what the heck was I thinking? This is the best, this is the best medicine. I feel so clean, I feel so light. I walk into my space, it's just what I like. It's not cluttered anymore because there's not stuff that even though it was memorabilia stuff, it's not there anymore. And I say to people that it's in your head. I, I promise you that when you give it up, you're going to think about it. And maybe you'll think about it a couple more times. It will leave your memory. Your memory bank holds just so much. When people are stuck on their stuff, I try to remind them that the memories live longer. 
This stuff is replaceable. And that's something that helps people to keep them grounded and give them answers to those dilemmas. Why am I getting rid of this stuff? I love it so much. It comforts me. It doesn't comfort you. It's stuff. The only thing that comforts you at this point in life is your health, your well-being, your family. That's the stuff that is irreplaceable. But that stuff here today, gone tomorrow, I don't care how expensive it was. It's all replaceable. Well, I like the I like the sustainability part of that. And something I started um, a bunch of years ago was that um, I saved all the kids' clothes. And if I had pictures of them in the clothes, and when a friend, you know, a friend would have a baby, I would gift the dress or whatever the object was um, with a photo of Kitten and Gigi, Kit or Gigi wearing it. And then I would ask them to take a picture of their kid wearing it and then gift it to someone else and start this scrapbook like that. So that's, um, you know, I guess oh, I love that. that's a co- kind of comforting thing is to, uh, to, to think of it as just borrowing, you know, you're just borrowing some clothes and then, you know, gifting it to someone else. Mm-hmm. And keeping just the memories. Well, a a question I had for you is like, how do we make organization more sustainable? Like, I'm sure, I mean, I, I would love to get into the nitty gritty a little bit and like hear about actual accessories or products that you swear by. Because I think for people my age, like it is where, where I'm buying things from, like I'm really thinking about the sustainability of a product. And like, for me, if I was going to reorganize my closet, for example, like I would want to find products that I knew would last for a long time. Um, or yeah, we're just a little bit better for the environment. Right. Right. Well, the thing is, is that they make so many, the world is so different now with organizational accessories. There is so much choice. Now we do subscribe to plastic when it comes to things in the kitchen, when it comes to the pantry, when it comes to um, cleaning supplies, it's a whole different system. And sustainability is a very, very important part of, um, of, the way in which we purchase things for clients. When it comes to like organization in your closet, there are so many different materials that are eco-friendly and that are that can contain your things and look beautiful. And there's a lot of natural fibers that you know make up like these beautiful bins and baskets. And um, acrylic is a very very uh, big substance that we use now because it lasts. It lasts and it also is, it may not be obviously as eco-friendly as something that's made of hemp or natural fibers, but it has lasting power. So for instance, all of our hangers that we subscribe to are made of acrylic. And again, this is stuff that lasts more than the other plastic that we've been using. And then when it comes to the bins, it's cotton. And it's it's straw and it's all sorts of fabulous cloths that you can use. But it, it depends on the space that you're organizing when we talk about sustainability. But it's certainly on everybody's mind more so than ever before. 
And it's really interesting because again, there is, it's not hard to find. When I first started in this business in 2004, there was not even a word sustainability that people spoke about. And there weren't really even many choices for things. I mean, there was one choice for a hanger. There were just certain kinds of bins that you could do. Now the sky's the limit. So we can be super creative and be sustainable at the same time. And as far as like um, uh, storing things, you know, the bins that we like to store things, sometimes they are plastic, but they don't have to be. We created a whole new system where, and most people are used to storing things in plastic bins. We created a whole system of these bags that are um, made of natural fibers. They are um, very, very, they're called tarp. And they collect all of the things that we put in storage. We even edit our clients when we're doing an editing pre-move and we place these bags in these big tarp bags and they're just as, um, they're just as sturdy as a plastic bin, but they're more sustainable. And then as far as cleaning products, by the way, a concern, sustainability, as I said, is a super important topic because now people can have cleaning products with one container, you put a tablet in with water, and you have so many different cleaning products for different spaces, less bottles. So there's yes, so many yeah, solutions. We're that. super, yeah, it's so interesting. That's great. Do you have um, a certain brand that you love to work with for that, for the cleaning supplies? Well, my new favorite, and there's, you know, by the way, there's so many up and coming um, companies now. There's a company called Blue Land that I really like. Their products are, again, it's not that they're only sustainable, but they work. Because you don't want, you know, to use eco-friendly products just because they're eco-friendly. If they're not working, then, then there's no sense in using them. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's Pure Home, uh, which is great. I work with cleaning companies that have their own products. I would say, though, my the, the most recent new company that I like is this Blue Land company. I, I would love to hear if there's one top tip that you have for something that most of your clients are doing incorrectly when you guys come in that is kind of like right in front of your face, an easy change that we can all employ to make our lives a little bit more organized. Okay, one tip for more organization. So I would say is we encourage every client to constantly edit. I think editing and paying attention to your stuff, whether it be the mail that you pick up every day, whether it be the amount of um, uh, spices or condiments that you buy, take Take stock, not when I say stock, I mean take note of every single thing you have and revisit your spaces every week. Don't let things get to the point where when you move, that's the time that you're going to do it. Editing is the most important process that springs, that will springboard you to an organized space, undoubtedly. So that's what people are doing wrong. If, you, if you're organized, but you're not paying attention, then you're going to get disorganized. So it's establishing a routine as well. 
So you're saying it's like a daily maintenance mm-hmm. or every it's a other daily day. maintenance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we have this five step process that we impart to all of our clients. It begins with an edit. Then it is contain. Then it is curate. Then it is edit again. And then it's personalized. And all of those steps are part of a process that take you, takes you to an organized space. And the two most important things that I like to impart to my clients is the edit and the personalized. So the edit is actually saying hello to your stuff mm-hmm. and making choices, either keeping them, get, get, getting rid of them, tossing them, donating them. And then the personalizing is realizing that this is your space. Make it reflective of your personality and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not about what an Instagram photo is telling you to do. Not everybody is a Kardashian and is going to live the way the Kardashians live. Mm-hmm. And the way their pantry is so set up. Mm-hmm. That's for most people, especially people with families, that's an unrealistic setup. You know, it looks great in a picture. I love what you were saying about step five of your five part process, like in terms of personalization, because I think it's a question that I get a lot because my social presence is really. You know, I talk a lot about um, physical well-being, fitness, and um, food, and diet, and all of that. And I think that people come to me and they're like, "How do you, you know, what what's your specific workout routine? What does your diet look like? Whatever." And at the end of the day, I never want to completely document everything I'm doing because I don't want anyone to follow it step by step because it's not going to work for them. Everything in terms of maintenance, whether it be organizational maintenance or um, fitness or in, you know, your diet, what you're eating, nutrition, it needs to be personalized to your lifestyle in order to maintain it long term. And I feel like that is really what you're saying with step five. It's like at the end of the day, maintenance in terms of organization and what we're talking about in terms of the systems and all of that, it needs to work for you and your lifestyle in order for it to last. Otherwise, it's just going to, you know, if it conflicts with how busy you are or your family or your style even, it's not going to last. So that I feel like I can totally relate to that. And that is like such an important part of the process that I'm hearing from you and something that I hope all of our listeners can take into account. It's like you see maybe what the Kardashians pantry looks like, but realistically, I'm not going to take every cookie out of the, you know, container and put it in a glass jar before I eat it. So like, how do I organize and make sure that like, oh, maybe this cabinet, instead of taking everything out of the box and putting it in separate containers, maybe I'll just dedicate this cabinet to my spices or this cabinet to my greens and organize it in that way because I know that's maintainable for me and my lifestyle. So I totally get that, Um, and I think that's a tip that everyone can take when they're, like, thinking about organizing their space, their closet, whatever. And I guess it brings me to 
my next question for you, which is like, I hear in everything that you've said so far, this connection between personal well-being and organization. And I think that's kind of like the connection with life coaching and organization. So how do you think that well-being is intrinsically tied to an organized space? I can personally say, because I've lived again, I've walked the walk, talked the talk, that I can say that 100% it affects your life. And again, I can't tell somebody that's disorganized that actually living in an organized space is going to have a tremendous effect on their well-being until they actually live in a space. I can, I can say to them, imagine walking into a home where there is very little tabletop clutter. Imagine walking into your kitchen. You can see everything in your refrigerator. You know what you have. You know what you don't have. You know what you need. And imagine that you know what everything, where everything is in your closet to get dressed. That it's not thrown in shoe boxes and your handbags don't have every bag has a duster on it. All of your clothing is set up for your lifestyle so you can see everything. That is what gives people a sense of order. But they don't realize that they can actually live a functional organized life just because of that. So I can talk and talk the talk, but until they walk the walk, they're not going to understand the impact that it has on their life. These are systems that once you have them in your home, there's so much other chaos and, and clutter in your mind during the course of the day. Who needs more that is being created by stuff? Mm. So again, this all makes sense by me saying it to you, but until a person subscribes to it, they're not going to feel it. Mm-hmm. I know that physical clutter is unhealthy and it only adds to stress in your life. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't have to be perfection again. We don't strive for perfection. That's why I go back to the Instagram thing because people again have to take themselves out of that perfection and realize that there is normalcy. There is a sense of medi- mediocrity. That's okay. I love that. I, I actually... Sometimes I start with a drawer. I just empty out and organize a drawer. And then, and I feel so good about it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll start with (laughs) one closet, you know, like the hall closet or the linen, you know, the closet in the bathroom or something. Start like baby steps, just like you say, Mm -hmm. you know? So important. I would love to ask you one question that we ask a lot of our guests on Ageless is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I love that question because I really think that people have like taken, it used to be like, I heard that when I was growing up so often. Nowadays, people should get back to that thought. And when you think about what you want to be when you grow up, I think people should realize that If you have a mindset about one thing that you want when you grow up, don't let it become an obsession. 
Know that there is a path that you're going to take that may not be a straight line to get to that destination and embrace that path. So it's great to have the ideal of what you want to be, but it's more important to know that there is a, there are a lot of steps. Like I always say to my kids, there ain't no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs. And those stairs, every step is going to bring you in a new direction. And so even when my staff comes to me right out of college, the girls that graduate, they go, I want to be an organizer. I love organization. And then six months, they say, you know what? I love it so much, but I've learned so much from you. And I realize that I'm good at this and I'm not good at this. And I'm going elsewhere. I go, you know what? God bless you because you've learned something. You've learned that there's something else for you out there. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's so important. I feel like this has been such a wonderful combo. Um, I want everyone to follow you and hopefully do some consultations now because I'm definitely cleaning out my whole wardrobe during the pandemic and everything. So I'm sure we'll have a ton of people for you. Oh, that's great. I'm telling you, this was so thrilling because we both engage in such important things that I people don't get to know about all of this, all these things that you've asked me. And I love the fact that you gave me this opportunity. And that is this week's episode of Ageless. I hope you guys loved it as much as we did. And I hope you will check out Lisa's work further over at imagineitdoneny.com. All right, so I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 